VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be indulging our celebrity obsession. I decided since everyone and their uncles have been calling me up to do interviews from print magazines to uh, radio to television, I was on Geraldo this weekend, everyone's asking me these same questions about why we're so obsessed with celebrity and at the same time that we're talking about why everyone's so obsessed and why we shouldn't be, they're also asking me about all the details, all the uh uh, to, to analyze all the details of the Anna Nicole and the Britney Spears situations because that's what our current obsession with celebrities are focusing on today. The blonde bombshells, as they have been called. It's uh, Barbie time, actually. We, we have a long-term obsession with Barbie, and, and that seems to go hand-in-hand hand with our obsession of, with Barbie lookalikes. So I decided to share my insights, my thoughts with all of you, because this is really, um, you know, there's part of this, it, it, it is a, a dirty little pleasure, you know, there is a kind of feeling of, of um, doing something forbidden by indulging in all this uh, talk about celebrities, and yet at the same time, obviously the ratings from the television shows and the radio shows and who buys um, which magazine, depending upon who's on the cover. You know, obviously these things are very real, and there's enough of the public who seems to be clamoring and can't get enough. Now, why do I think so? Uh, today, I'm going to be um, explaining to you why it is that we're so obsessed, and then go right on and tell you all about what I make of the Britney Spears and Anna Nicole situation. And I will reveal to you a... Uh, uh, something from behind the scenes in regard to Anna Nicole that actually um, not many people know. Um, I did actually. It, it, that was one of the things that we talked about on Geraldo. But other than that show, um, you wouldn't have seen it well. And other than if you live in the Caribbean or uh, or subscribe to a certain website, which I'll give you uh, at the end of the show, um, you wouldn't know about this. So. Let's start with our obsession. Why are we so obsessed? Well, the main reason uh, these days, because celebrity obsession is growing. I mean, it used to be that just the tabloids would talk about celebrities, the four main tabloids, the National Enquirer, the Globe, the Star, and the National Examiner. And actually, I, I started out, I did a, used to do a column for the National Examiner um, called the Showbiz Shrink, if you can believe it. <laughs> That, that's pretty tabloid. And then I moved up in the world and I did a column for uh, the National Enquirer, Hollywood on the Couch. And I would um, write, these. they would give me the names of someone who uh, was going to be um, sort of a big, where there was going to be a big splash about someone in the magazine that week. And I would do an accompanying Hollywood on the Couch where I would write, uh, Dear you know, dear uh, Hillary or dear uh, 
the star of the week. Um, and I would do research into their background and analyze them and explain to them why it is that they're doing all of this and what they should do to get out of the current pickle that they're in. So, okay, those were the days. Those were the days when it was just the tabloids. But now um, this kind of tabloid material is really going mainstream. It's gone mainstream. It's just continuing to go more and more. There's less of a division between um, the news, real news, hard news, and entertainment. And, um, you know, I'm sure you've been watching. You can't help uh, in the last couple of weeks see so much of the news, not just the shows like Entertainment Tonight and uh, Access Hollywood and Extra, which are celebrity-oriented, but even just regular news uh, is spending so much time on celebrities, on, um, you know, uh, even when there isn't much news to report, I mean, there's one slightly new fact, and, and we get to hear it all over again. And uh, instead, some things like um, what's going on in Iraq or heroes of Iraq or um, heroes in other walks of life, you know, local heroes, the good news gets short shrift. And so um, why is this? Why is this happening more and more? Well, the main reason, I believe, is that um, we are trying to escape into this tabloid fodder. I mean, certainly you pick up the National Enquirer. I mean, even when it was just the tabloids doing tabloid material, certainly that was a great escape. Um, whatever it was that was going on in your life that sucked, you could buy a tabloid and look at what was going on in other people's lives that sucked. And... Um, and or just you know hear read about stories that uh, take your mind off your own problems. Well, um, that's a big part of it because you have only to look around the world and see that there is violence that is um, that has broken out not just in Iraq but all over the world. I mean, you you just you just pick up the front page of a newspaper or um, the Google page of of on the internet and the, the headlines are all pretty dismal not only terrorism and the war in Iraq but the economy global warming um, as I said violence all in, in places you don't, you've never heard of before um, and just really awful things and that, that make substance abuse even though that's certainly awful for the particular celebrity or person who is Involved in it, but makes that seem less of a of a national tragedy, certainly. And so, in a way, we're hiding from you know we feel helpless to solve some of these other problems, uh, international problems, Iran getting the bomb, um, you know, uh, continuing in its efforts to get nuclear weapons, and all of that. It, it's a it, a lot of these things make us feel helpless. So instead, we stick our head in the sand. And we escape by reading about stories of celebrities. And what are these stories? Um, not only are they, you know, do they show for the most part celebrity flaws, tragic flaws, and are they soap operas, you know, and we get caught up in them just like we do in a daytime soap. Um, they are just addicting. And, um, but not only that, it's that these people, these celebrities have become are the prince and princesses of our modern-day fairy tales. So just like a little child 
who is afraid of going to sleep because it's dark in his room. He doesn't want mommy and daddy to turn out the lights. Maybe there'll be monsters. Um, he'll feel lonely. He'll feel alone. He won't know what to do if he needs help. All of that. Um, he, this, uh, children in those predicaments generally want mommy and daddy to read them a bedtime story to make them feel soothed, to make them, to, to divert their attention, distract them from what they're afraid of. And so indeed uh, are we like these little children. And these stories in the media of the celebrities um, are our bedtime stories. They are the stories that we would rather be put to get bed with than the latest casualty count in Iraq, for example. Or how if we don't do anything about global warming right now, um, we're all going to melt away or have other tragic consequences. Um, so we we want to be read to. We want to be we want to be soothed. And um, what was interesting about this is that I'm sure a lot of you watched the Oscars all over the world. People were doing that. Um, and what was the highlight of the Oscars? It was pretty boring. I mean, I, I like Ellen DeGeneres, and I thought she she should have been on more. Um, you know, she was kind of a highlight. But but the movies and the the thank you speeches, the the acceptance speeches were really pretty boring um, on the whole. And the but what made it exciting? What was the most passionate moment or moments of the evening were a where Al Gore was on the stage, where An Inconvenient Truth won, where Melissa Etheridge's theme song for the movie uh, was being sung and played and where she won. And everyone um, in Hollywood, and of course these are some of the same celebrities who would be, uh, who, who, who many of us are obsessed with or the tabloids or the media is obsessed with, um, and yet even though these are the same celebrities that are often written about and do become the fodder for these kinds of stories, really the stories of Anna Nicole and the stories of Britney Spears overshadowed in a way the hype about them that had been going on all week um, and, and longer actually since Anna Nicole died weeks ago and Britney Spears has been spinning out of control this um, this latest time, this worst time, for quite some time. And it had been, both of these stories had been building to a crescendo. And in a sense, I think that's partly why the um, Academy Awards seemed uh, boring or tame in comparison. But the reason why um, the, the, there was all this excitement about Al Gore and an inconvenient truth, aside from the fact that this is a very important issue and it was a wonderful movie, um, is the fact that the celebrities in the audience were just as hungry for, or just as thirsty, I should say, for uh, a glass of milk, a, um, a wholesome, nutritious food like a glass of milk, that was Al Gore as compared to the overly sweet chocolate souffle that we have all been fed in these weeks leading up to the Oscars regarding these stars, regarding celebrities, particularly Anna Nicole and Brittany. And so reaching for something wholesome, you know, reaching for an inconvenient truth was a really um, convenient way 
to wash down some of this sugary um, fare that we have become overstuffed on to some degree. And um, and I think we do need to sort of watch it. Now, I must say that I am guilty of um, indulging in, I mean, I... <laughs> I don't usually turn these interviews down when I'm asked to comment on these celebrities, but my um, my rationale for this is that if and I, I've mentioned this on the show before that um, you know if I was talking about um, John Doe or Jane Doe in sort of a dry um, academic kind of way and talking about oh how they're they need to be better mothers or fathers or how they need, why they're um, uh, becoming awash in their addiction to substances or whatever the psychological problem is, it certainly would not gather at least right up front as much interest as when there are these real live examples to use, celebrities who people feel they know um, to use as examples, to use as illustrations of what what you shouldn't do um, and why these people do it. And so in a sense for me it's a kind of laboratory, you know, a way of hoping, uh, trying to explain to other people, to all of you, why it is that um, these things happen from a, psychologically and how you can either help someone in your life who also has similar problems or how you can make sure that this isn't some trap that you yourself fall into. So when we come back, I'm going to talk more about um, celebrities and their children and uh, then we'll get into Britney Spears and we'll wind up with Anna Nicole and uh, the secret tidbit. <laughs> Boy, if that doesn't sound tabloid, I don't know what does. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and stay tuned. The Internet's premier talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. What does it take to get your business online? How do you leverage the Internet to attract more clients, expand your network, and make more money? What are the tools you need to master? It's not enough to know the tools. You need to build a solid foundation and actually implement systems that automate your business as much as possible. On Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff, the Blog Squad, learn about new tools that are easy and essential to use in order to grow your business online. Get strategies, tactics, and tips that 
that work if you implement them. Denise and Patsy interview internet marketing experts, plus coach a client in real time through the steps designed to market a real product or service. Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff broadcasts each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Blogging and Beyond, leverage the internet to attract, sell, and profit online. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about indulging our celebrity obsession and particularly the celebrities who have been most in the news right now, Anna Nicole and Britney Spears. Celebrities these days are not only movie stars. Um, they are people famous for being famous, such as Anna Nicole, although I guess technically you could say she's she's been in movies anyway. And certainly the movie that she... Uh, that she was in right before she died is probably now going to be more of a hit than uh, at least have more people go to see it than ever before, tragically. I mean, tragically that she died, not tragically. Well, maybe tragically that more people are going to see the movie. I don't know yet. But um, Britney Spears, of course, she's a songstress. She was an actress first, though, she, and she was in The Musketeers, The Mouseketeers, uh, Disney's Mouseketeers when she was little. Um, but it's also uh, politicians and newsmakers of any kind. You can even say in a sixth sense that O.J. Um, is a celebrity. And, you know, he's most famous for having murdered Nicole, his wife, his ex-wife. Um, so celebrities, you know, aren't only movie stars anymore, aren't only in Hollywood anymore. And we have a love-hate relationship with celebrities. We're jealous of their fame and fortune and the uh, glamorous lifestyle that they lead. And at the same time, we get some satisfaction out of seeing their tragic flaws and the devastating turns that their life, that their lives often take. Yet we also get involved and feel worried and sorry for them when they're down. We identify with them. We identify, uh, we get involved in the fantasy of what it would be like to be them. Well, you know, one of the things that celebrities are not very good at is being a mommy or daddy. Not all celebrities, I'm talking in generalities, but some celebrities 
for example, Britney Spears and Anna Nicole and, of course, Michael Jackson. And um, for those of you who are newer listeners and don't know about my role in the Michael Jackson case, I was the one who made the complaint to Child Protective Services that resulted in the trial, um, the more recent trial that he had. And so I have taken an interest in um, how, well, not just stars, obviously, but but how people are as parents to their children. As a psychiatrist in California, I'm mandated by law to report any suspected cases of child abuse or child endangerment. And what what are some of the reasons, some of the problems that stars have in being good mommies and daddies? Well, first of all, a lot of for a lot of them that sought stardom, the reason why they wanted to become stars in the first place is because they didn't get enough love or attention as children. And so they become very narcissistic. It's all about me, me, me. And they, they're just trying every moment to gather this love and attention, the applause, in their adult life that they didn't get when they were little children. And so when they decide to have their own children, it becomes, it's more of a fantasy than a real recognition that when you have a child, whether you're a celebrity or not, you are supposed to be putting your child first. And if you um, don't want that responsibility, if you don't understand that, that having a child includes sacrificing, self-sacrificing, uh, for the betterment of your child, then you shouldn't be having a child, again, whether you're a celebrity or or not. And that's something, this self-sacrifice, is something that a lot of celebrities who are thinking me, 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 don't take into consideration. Instead, they often uh, feel like, or they, they often have the mindset of children playing house, um, and that they are the children playing house. And their own children are like toys. Michael Jackson used to talk about how he wanted dolls. You know, his children were like dolls. Um, or he had wanted to, that, that's why, um, he, wa- he knew he wanted to have children. It was like playing with dolls. And, um, what these celebrity, what a, a number of celebrities do, is to leave their toys on the floor for someone else to pick up. In other words, they leave these dolls, their real-life children, I don't mean literally on the floor, although I'm sure that happens sometimes, but, um, you know, they leave them around. They they don't feel that they ha- are the ones who are responsible for these children every minute of the day, and they leave them around for someone else to pick up, uh, metaphorically at least, nannies, parents, um hangers on, they see these children as narcissistic accoutrements like Gucci shoes or a Prada bag, and they're not really in touch with the reality of what a child, uh, having a child means, what what it means in terms of your of sacrificing, uh, that it's not about me, 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 that it's about them, them, them first, or it should be. And um, certainly that is part of the story in regard to Britney Spears, who is now, uh, the last time I checked, which was just before coming on the air, she is still in rehab 
in Promises in Malibu. And um, she has been visited by her, well, was soon-to-be ex, uh, Kevin Federline, and her children. And I'm not sure really, um, I would hope that they made the proper arrangements for her children coming there. Um, because little children do absorb their environment. They understand more than most people give them credit for. But Britney Spears is a tragic case um, in the sense that she, in my opinion, has been spinning out of control more and more ever since she and Justin Timberlake broke up. I think that she has never recovered from that, um, that even though, you know, depending upon who you believe, apparently... um, she cheated on him. Who knows all of the what the whole story is with that. But when that relationship ended, we do know that she was devastated. And her she then had this quickie marriage uh, to Jason Alexander, not the one on Seinfeld. And that was annulled um, before the ink was dry on the paper. They got married in Las Vegas um, in a wild and desperate moment. And then she married, on the rebound, Kevin Federline. The rebound still from Justin, really, not from Jason Alexander, who was just sort of a her neediness expressing itself. And um, these two children that she had, one right after the other, after she married Kevin, were, again, in my opinion, her attempts to try to create the stable, loving home that she longed for. The only problem is that I think she longed for it with Justin, and she was married to to Kevin, who had already um, abandoned his two children that he had with another woman in order to be with Brittany, which should have given Brittany the clue that um, this was not going to be the most stable father in the world um, because, you know, he was not at a stage. They were both, they are both very young still, and they were at a stage where really being a father was not something that Kevin Federline wanted to settle down and do. He was still working on his career. He still wanted to be with the boys. And, you know, that's that's a reasonable thing for someone of his age to want, except for the fact that then you should not have children. Um, men and women should take responsibility for making sure that that doesn't happen if you if you're not ready for them in your life. But instead, um, Brittany tried to turn a sow's ear into a silk purse, and uh, then tried to sort of cement their relationship, which is always a bad idea trying to use children, having children to cement your relationship with um, a partner. And that was what she did. And now she has two young children. They have two young children who are sort of being lost in all of this chaos. I mean, her her mother um, has been, has taken care of them at times. Nannies have been taking care of them, but there seems to be, um, there have been reports of nannies or people who have, who have, um, um, met Brittany to try to become her nanny, that she's been asking them questions that really had nothing to do with how good a nanny they would be, but rather it seemed to them that she was looking for a friend. Um, and now Kevin, uh, interestingly enough, seems to be perhaps, the jury is still out, but seems to be perhaps stepping up to the plate 
and taking care of these children, sharing their care with Brittany's mother. But he seems to be perhaps um, maturing to uh, the point where he um, does want to make sure that these children are getting the proper care. Again, the jury is still out. You know, certainly he did, um, he is uh, trying to get custody, or he, I don't know whether to say he is or he was. It changes so quickly. But he was, and he was supposed to go into court um, to try to get custody, or at least temporary custody, full custody of them. Um, when Brittany, that turned Brittany around and made her realize that if she didn't go into rehab, that she was stood a good chance of losing her children. And, you know, so this, in the end, this may turn out to be something um, that wakes both Brittany and Kevin up to to become better parents. But you don't, that doesn't happen overnight. And it's it's certainly being in rehab is the only kind of start. I mean, that's that's crucial that she stays there and that she's not just doing it to try to stop Kevin temporarily from getting control of the children, getting custody of the children, but that she realizes um, that she does have to take care of her problems in order to be a better mother. And right now, the doctors, it promises, so the reports go, seem to be speculating that she has postpartum depression or manic depressive illness. Now, I don't know how they are coming to either of those conclusions since you really can't make a diagnosis at this point with Brittany or with anyone who is still so acutely intoxicated. She has uh, reports, you know, I, I wasn't there, but I have read many reports of people who were um, saying that they saw her indulge in various uh, substances, abuse various substances, alcohol and drugs, and, and you really are not able to tell as a psychiatrist what the person's diagnosis is until the alcohol and drugs get completely out of their system, until they are detoxed, which quite frankly takes um, at least the, the 30 to 45 days uh, that a rehab or detox program usually is because really these things linger to some degree in the body even longer than that and still make it difficult for you to make a proper diagnosis. So it's fine to think about the possibility of postpartum depression, although quite frankly she had some of these problems before she gave birth. And um, manic depressive illness, that's a very serious diagnosis and you really have to be sure that all substances are completely out of the body for months before you can observe the person's behavior and come to that kind of conclusion. But at least she's in one place now. She had been uh, in and out of rehabs twice before over the last uh, week or a couple of weeks, 10 days, something like that. And at least now it seems like she is staying in one place and getting help. So yay, Brittany. Let's hope uh, she's on the road to recovery and that uh, they both can learn to be better parents. So stay tuned. We're now going to be talking about Anna Nicole. And uh, there's quite a lot to talk about in regard to her. So uh, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
the Internet's premier talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Muscular Development presents No Bull Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. No Bull Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional entertainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about obsession, our indulging our celebrity obsession, notably with Anna Nicole and Britney Spears. Well, we've talked some about Britney. Now let's go on to Anna Nicole. And I promised you that I would tell you a uh, relatively unknown secret about <laughs> something, which is when you thought you knew it all about the Anna Nicole story. Um, I sent in uh, on February 13th. I found out who, um, how to reach the Child Protective Services authorities in the Bahamas, in Nassau. I was referred by Child Protective Services to a woman named Melanie Zonical, who was the director of the Department of Social Services in Nassau. And I sent a letter to her as well as to um, a place for uh, abused children or children in emotional turmoil called the Crisis Center in Nassau. And so I sent each of them the same letter, and I will read that letter to you. If ever there was a baby, well, it's, first of all, it's Ray Child Endangerment, Danny Lynn. 
Dear Ms. Zonigal, if ever there was a baby in crisis, it is the daughter of the late Anna Nicole Smith, Danny Lynn. With more alleged fathers coming out of the woodwork from one moment to the next, now that Ms. Smith is not alive to dispute their claims, Danny Lynn is in danger. Her potential inheritance has put a billion-dollar sign over her head, and she is at risk of being tossed around like a football, metaphorically and literally. As of this writing, Danny Lynn is reportedly under the care of Howard K. Stern, who claims to be her presumptive, if not her biological father. In my professional opinion, this is not a safe environment for her for the following reasons. One, he is under investigation regarding the death of Anna Nicole's son, Daniel. Two, he has long been an enabler to Ms. Smith rather than getting her treatment for alcohol and drug abuse. Three, he recently left Ms. Smith in her hotel room rather than calling a doctor to come to the room or calling 911, though he knew she had a fever of 105 degrees. Four, he is currently in a lot of psychological turmoil, mourning Ms. Smith's death, trying to protect himself from criminal investigation, and coping with paternity conflicts. Therefore, Danny Lynn is not in a sufficiently stable, nurturing, or safe environment especially during this time of loss of her mother, and she is at risk of being emotionally neglected and or abused or worse. Until paternity tests are done and paternity is sorted out, perhaps the best environment would be either with Ms. Smith's family or with monitors, baby nurse and law enforcement agent, protecting her. Best regards, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Um, let me tell you about I thought long and hard before sending this, and um, I have heard various um, uh, bits of information as to what, if anything, Melanie Zonicle or the Department of Social Services has done in response to this letter. Um, but I at least wanted to go on record as warning uh, the authorities hoping that they would do something, of course, um, to protect that baby. Because while there is all this chaos, people running back and forth from uh, California courtrooms to Florida courtrooms to Nassau, Bahamas courtrooms, and Danny Lynn is supposedly in the home that Howard um, and Anna Nicole shared in the Bahamas. They, not supposedly. I mean, they she is, well... I say supposedly because um, she wasn't really being watched by Howard, certainly, when he was off the island uh, in Florida. And, um, you know, so there's a question of his family coming there and, and uh, taking care of her and nannies. You know, it's chaos there is the bottom line. And, um, and even when things settle down, which quite frankly isn't going to be for quite a while in terms of the legal system, um, I mean, for, for we know there are court dates of mid-March to here um, in, in the Bahamas regarding custody, uh, Virgie Arthur and Nicole's mother and Howard K. Stern and uh, Paul Burkhead want, are, are fighting for custody, um, but also, there is um, the, the, the inquiry in regard to Daniel's death. That's set for the end of March in the Bahamas, and, and certainly there are going to be questions about 
uh, Howard K. Stern's role in that. And I would hope that there will be questions in regard to Howard K. Stern's uh, involvement in the death of Anna Nicole because all of this needs to be criminally investigated, in my opinion. Um, you know, his being at... In, well, his being close to them uh, and and the drug provider to them, uh, as has been reported by numerous people, certainly puts him under suspicion, at least uh, in terms of what he didn't do that he should have done, if not what he directly did. Um, and, and just as, a, as an aside, certainly when Daniel was born, uh, there are witnesses that heard Anna, Anna Nicole say right after, right when they were all in the, um, Anna Nicole and Howard K. Stern and Daniel were in Anna Nicole's room and they woke to realize that Daniel was dead, Anna Nicole said something to the effect of, it's your fault or you did this to Howard K. Stern. That's what witnesses have reported. And certainly, um, I mean, can you imagine yourself leaving a loved one in a hotel room with 105-degree fever um, or just even being sick altogether, seriously ill, and just because they said they didn't want to go to a doctor? I mean, I'm sure all of you listening know that hotels have doctors on call Specifically for this purpose, if there, if you're a guest in the hotel and you have a medical emergency, you call down to the front desk and they get you a doctor. Or if it was more of an emergency, you call 911. We're talking about, uh, about Florida. You know, they have emergency response teams as well. So for him to go out looking for boats, leaving her in the room while she was seriously ill is, is, is just, um, criminal, so to speak, and may actually be. Um, Howard K. Stern, every time I, not just not just now, not just recently, but all through the years, um, seeing him with Anna Nicole, he always reminded me of the high school nerd who still can't believe his luck that the prom queen is giving him the, the time of day. I think that he was, I don't think he was in love with her. You don't give someone you love drugs uh, and alcohol and uh, use them, exploit them for their money, live off of them financially. Um, but I think he did have a, a type of high school crush on her or an obsession with her. I think what he what he loved was the attention what he loved was being with her, see, being seen being with her, you know, um, as if he could erase this kind of high school nerd image by trying to fool the world into believing that she loved him, that she wanted to be with him. Anna Nicole and Brittany, actually, are just women who want to feel loved. We all, Not just celebrities, but we all want and need to feel loved. It's just that sometimes... In the kind of uh, whirlwind that celebrities live in, everything gets magnified and the desperation for love becomes magnified. And I certainly don't think that Anna Nicole um, loved Howard K. Stern. Um, for that matter, I don't think that he is the biological father, um, but you know, we won't know that until there are paternity tests. I mean, you know, it, it's just... It, Certainly, if he would have agreed to take a paternity test 
at the beginning of all of this, um, well, probably, you know, they wouldn't have been in the in the um, Bahamas for that long because part of why she didn't want to come back was to she because she didn't want to face other fathers coming forward and claiming custody. Um, and certainly, if Howard K. Stern had taken a paternity test before or during um, the, uh, the the recent court, the recent trial in regard to where Anna Nicole should be buried. Uh, I'm not sure how quickly they could have gotten those results, but that might have helped. It would have helped uh, determine where she should have been buried. I mean, it's just the fact that he's not willing to cooperate with this obviously puts him into suspicion. It, it tells everyone that he really doesn't think that he is the biological father, and he would rather hide behind some statutes that apparently there are in the Bahamas where you get to be the presumptive father if you've lived with the mother for a certain amount of time and if your name is on the birth certificate. But, of course, now there are all these questions as to whether the birth certificate is defective, so that may not hold water. Um, it's just it's just a really very, very uh, scary and chaotic times, and I think that the baby, Danny Lynn, would be in much better hands if she were with Anna Nicole's mother. And, um, you know, of course, there was that video that was played at the court uh, during this recent trial about where to bury Anna Nicole that showed uh, Anna Nicole saying all kinds of horrible things about her mother. But she was crying, and you could tell that she was really hurt and angry. And she said a lot of those things out of this being hurt and angry, and with Howard K. Stern at her side egging her on. You know, it was obviously to his benefit to isolate her from her mother, her family, her friends. That's what he did. The Bahamas was great for him, a great place to keep her all to himself so that he could control her, and that's what he wanted to do. Most likely for financial reasons as well as wanting to keep her all to himself. So stay tuned. We'll finish up with our show today in this last segment. We're talking about indulging our celebrity obsessions. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The authority in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, echopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily. From hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products, get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Live in the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. Whether by choice or by circumstance, the statistics of the effects of missing fathers and the impact on our children, our neighborhoods, and our communities is staggering. How can we interrupt this pattern of violence, gang activity, drug use, and sexual activity among our fatherless children? On Changing a Generation, with author, inspirational speaker, life coach, and host, Terrence Wilson, 
The focus is on elevating the mindset of this current generation by unveiling viewpoints that inspire people to reach for their dreams. Terrence and his guests reveal how building family relationships, becoming an entrepreneur, and living a Christian life develops future leaders in the next generation of children. Changing a Generation with Terrence Wilson broadcast each Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Changing a Generation, bringing a message of deliverance to the fatherless on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Muscular Development presents No Bull Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. No Bull Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we've been indulging our celebrity obsession, in particular our obsession with Anna Nicole and Britney Spears. Um, I was talking about the most recent trial regarding where to bury Anna Nicole, and I just wanted to make a couple of comments about that. Um, (laughs) Nobody's asking me, but I'm putting in my two cents about where I think she should be buried. (laughs) I mean, nobody... The judge didn't ask me, let's put it that way. <laughs> but um, I think Anna Nicole, well, I think there there were two things that pretty much all of the witnesses agreed on, and that was that Anna Nicole wanted to be buried next to her idol, Marilyn Monroe, which is in Los Angeles, and she wanted to be buried next to her son. Now, I think that the... Um, I think that the best solution would be to have her buried in Los Angeles, as near to Marilyn Monroe as possible, and that her son should be exhumed from the um, uh, Bahamas and should um, should be uh, sent to Los Angeles and buried next to her in this same cemetery, right next to Anna Nicole, in the same cemetery as Marilyn Monroe. I don't know why. Um, 
I mean, I know that uh, I think that's been tossed around by some people, but I don't know why the judge didn't see it this way. And it's kind of ironic. Um, Anna Nicole's mother has appealed Judge, judge Seidlin's ruling to bury her in the Bahamas next to her son and, because she wants to bury Anna Nicole in Texas. Now, certainly we can understand why she would want that. She had been excluded by Howard K. Stern from a relationship with her daughter for the last 10 years or so. Um, and you, you, she lives in Texas, and um, she's missed having a relationship with Anna Nicole, and so you could certainly understand why she would want to be able to have some kind of relationship by being able to visit Anna Nicole at the gravesite, at least, um, you know, now. So that's really understandable, but... But I, but you know, it's kind of ironic because um, Anna Nicole had wanted to get out of her small town, relatively small town, Texas roots. She wanted to be like her um, idol Marilyn Monroe. She, you know, in Hollywood, being a, a famous star, a celebrity. Um, and in a way, Texas would be the last place that Anna Nicole would want to be buried because. Because that's where where she was struggling to get out of, not just literally Texas, but sort of the, her her oh small town days in Texas. I mean, um, the, her roots, you know, her the days when she wasn't the famous Anna Nicole. So, so I think uh, California next to Marilyn Monroe, the two of them would be a great solution. <laughs> Um, a word about Judge Larry Seidlin. Everyone or so many people have been giving him a hard time, have been, you know, chastising him for having cried and all that during the trial. And I must say that I don't feel that way at all. As an expert witness in many trials, I have seen judges who have fallen asleep, judges who have, um, you know, made outlandish rulings against uh common sense, it seems to me, um, judges who don't seem to care, and I think the fact that Judge Seidlin cared as much as he did, I mean, it must have been really, he was obviously trying to stop himself from crying. I mean, you could just see he was embarrassed that he was crying. He didn't want to be crying in front of the world, you know, all the cameras, um, but he couldn't help himself because he got that involved in this case. Not to the point where, I mean, even though I disagree with his decision, I don't disagree that it was based on the law as he saw it, and he did, um, and as many people saw it, and he did try to make the best ruling. Um, but, you know, this whole idea that he's playing, was playing to the cameras to get his own TV show, um, first of all, I think he deserves a TV show since, uh, that kind of passion or caring uh, from judges is very rare. And um, uh, I, I just think that, that people are being way too hard on him, and it wasn't about him. It's about all these other issues in the case. And, um, you know, if, if he were, it really, uh, if he were trying to, if he were just trying to get a talk show or a TV show, I don't think he would have thought that if he would cry, that that would help, since the stereotype of judges is not a crying judge. And I don't think he would have thought um, that that would be a good thing to do to get a TV show. 
So I, I wish people would sort of lay off criticizing him. And, you know, if whatever our jobs are in life, um, we should all care as much as Judge Larry Seidlin about doing our job right as he did, and the world would be a much better place. Um, what else? There's so much to talk about in regard to Anna Nicole, but I'll, I'll just, uh, since our time is sort of running out, let me just mention that there's, amongst the um, information, uh, there's been an interesting uh, uh, affidavit that uh, is on the Internet, if you kind of, you have to sort of look for it, um, but it's an affidavit of a Ms. Alexis of, from the Bahamas who uh, essentially filed a wrongful termination suit in the Bahamas. She was the nanny to um, Danny Lynn, and she was terminated. And um, on December 4th, before Anna Nicole died, um, she made this affidavit, and she, out of concern um, for Danny Lynn, and she was concerned because of a number of things. I'll kind of just highlight it quickly. One, because uh, she wrote, Ms. Marshall was obsessed with making sure that her baby was sexy. Um, the practical consequence of this obsession was that I was absolutely instructed to underfeed the baby. And But more importantly, she talked about two occasions when she said that Anna Nicole attempted to commit suicide. On the first occasion, she drank in my presence an entire bottle of what I believe to be a liquid sleeping aid, and she was unarousable, in an unarousable coma for 48 hours, um, and so on. And then when Anna Nicole awoke from this coma, Howard K. Stern and one of her bodyguards put her next to a, the swimming pool. Uh, put her in a patio chair by the pool. It went very quiet after a while, and I asked where she was, and Ms. Marshall was found in the swimming pool. She had tried to drown herself, but she was, after a worrying length of time, pulled up from the bottom of the pool by a Mr. Howard Stern, who said to Ms. Marshall in my presence the rather odd remark that, if anything happens to you, I would go to jail. Well, I guess that's left to be seen. If you would like to uh, find, um, to, to read a copy of the letter that I read to you to the Department of Social Services regarding child endangerment of Danny Lynn, you can find it on the website um, of CaribbeanNetNews.com, C-A-R-I-B-B-E-A-N, NetNews.com, and you look under letters, and there you'll see the whole um well, slightly abridged, but basically the, whole, the letter that I read to you on the air. So let's hope, uh, let's wish, it's, it's, it's unfortunately, tragically too late for Anna Nicole, but let's hope that um, Britney Spears and Danny Lynn can get the help that they need. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.